Welcome to Music Journeys, I'm Mike Foley. Jukebox The Ghost performs in Columbus at Newport Music Hall April 11th, touring on the Cheers release. Coming up, singer Ben Thornwill shares how the songs came together, a pivotal moment that changed his life, what music means to him, and the band's love of Queen, which comes through at times in their songs and with an annual tour in the fall. Jukebox The Ghost's Ben Thornwill, our featured guest on this edition of Music Journeys. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Ben from Jukebox the Ghost, and this is my music journey. from Jukebox the Ghost marks the first album the band recorded on its own. Singer Ben Thornwill valued the intimacy and freedom the project provided. You're listening, but I am in the studio that we made the record. It is not big. The drums are five feet behind me. The piano is to the left of me. But what it did is it gave us the chance to take some risks and record songs that maybe we wouldn't have had the time to record in past records because we're on someone else's dime or someone else's time. And so for us, it was this really beautiful chance to work together, hold each other accountable. I think it represents us looking at the five albums that came before it and trying to pick the moments that we liked the best. Part of what's cool about the album is that we have these like transitional uh, songs like Century in the Making and The Machine that sort of blend into one another, raise a glass. There's lots of themes that show up throughout the record. Every hundred years or so it seems There's a new and untold story And the words start to rise As a page meets another The ground What I think we like doing, even though I think maybe it's outdated at this point, is actually sculpting a record that references itself, that has themes that reappear. You know, the the way music is consumed now is so single, single, single. You can shuffle it. You can throw it on a playlist. And yeah, you can do that with some of these songs. But if you're listening to the album front to back, there's going to be clues that show up in one song that appear in another or themes that show up in one song and show, and, and will reappear later on. And that's just something we love doing and still believe in the art of an album as a singular listening experience.
Hey Maud is one that was a song that we wrote in college and shelved. We just put it aside and brought it back, tore it apart, rebuilt it, rewrote some lyrics, wrote some new parts. And that was this labor of of love and this cool marrying of a song that its origin is, man, 15, 16 years old that we got to just redo and try to, you know, make modern and fit into our album. Thornwill's initial exposure to music moved him to tears. My earliest memories are of my dad playing classical guitar. Uh, I would have been, I don't know, three or four. And for whatever reason, it just made me weep. I know that sounds a little melodramatic, but I was a sensitive little kid. And whenever I heard his guitar, I would just start absolutely bawling. Ridiculously, that is my earliest memory of music, just being completely overwhelmed by it. And then I started playing piano when I was six and I stopped crying all the time. Well, for a little bit anyway. But uh, yeah, so, you know, my my musical journey started at six, but I, I remember it at a very, very early age. I was born and raised in, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, so not too far from from you all, I don't think. And I was there forever. Both my parents are, are from there, and I was all classical piano. I mean, that was my entire world, and very intensely. And I had teachers that were not that supportive of me, like writing music and taking my own journey, because they were in that classical mold of, you know, you learn the pieces, you do the thing, you go to conservatory. You know, I was, it was all classical music and then trying to sneak in writing and, and figuring out jazz and figuring out blues and these other, you know, genres, but sneak it in between my two to three hours a day of classical practice. And then when I got to college and met the other guys in the band, that's when, uh, the, this is the first band I ever started and the only band I've ever started. So that's well, sort of how it worked for me. That's wonderful. And hopefully you guys are together. You, you won't have another band. I mean, I know you do solo stuff, but hopefully you guys are... You know, we are f- over 15 years strong at this point. So, yeah, I think the odds of, of starting a new one are, are small. I want to get to the, the new album uh, here soon, but uh, how did you sort of break away from that classical teaching and figure out this is kind of what I want to do? I want to record and perform like this, not like this. Yeah, it's funny. It was always what I wanted to do. I, uh, interesting. I mean, when I was in like elementary school, I would say I want to be a classical pianist. But middle school and into high school, I I had my sights on starting a band and doing it. And so my dream was always to incorporate all the classical, you know, technique and chords and chord progressions into pop music. That's all. That's sort of always been my secret ulterior motive. And then as soon as I was, uh, you know, when I got to college, I just knew like that's what I wanted to do. And and it was really figuring it out because I ended up with a punk rock drummer and a guitarist who was like at the time super into like jam band, you know, fish and dead. And like we had no business starting a band together and no bass player, which I did, I knew so little about bands that I was like, I'll just do it all with my left hand on the piano. This isn't a problem. For many years, I think we probably could have used a bass player until we figured out how to arrange the music and, and figure it out because there was a lot of uh, a lack of low end. And for the first few years, we after almost every show, some kid would come up and be like, I play bass. You need a bass player? You'd be like, no, 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 we're good. So definitely like learning what works and what didn't work.
Yeah, so we all met at George Washington University in D.C. Jesse, the drummer, and I lived next to each other our freshman year um, and started playing. And then we met Tommy at the start of our sophomore year. And he, he had put up a flyer in the music department looking for a band. He was trying to start his own band. We were doing our own thing, and we just sort of combined it. And it just kept on rolling. And we were playing, you know, in, in the college band, you know, mode, every terrible concert, event, house party, battle of the bands we could have done. One of our, our, our more famous battle of the bands, we lost to a local high school band, which was a little demoralizing, but they were really good. So we didn't feel that bad. We were doing weird, you know, theatrical piano pop rock music that no one really knew what to do with us and and arguably they still don't but you know dc has this reputation of like like hardcore punk rock like fugazi more angular stuff and here's this like bubbly almost broadway-ish piano pop band so took us a while to find our footing but but once we did we we've still got a great fan base in dc had a different band name for a couple of years starting we started in 2004 the three of us and then 2006 changed our name to jukebox the ghost and started releasing music as us so yeah and then graduated in 07 and started touring that year as well that's a you know the years add up and that's a time where you can kind of you have some grasp of how the band has evolved i guess uh roundabout way of asking how would you sort of describe or chart the progression of the band since that start slow <laughs> That's how I would phrase it. Uh, but people congratulate us for, quote, doing it in a smart way, meaning we just toured and grinded it out and played for nobody and played for 20 people, then 30, then 50, then 70 throughout the years. And they're like, you did a really that was smart not to just like blow up and, you know, have overnight success and then and then burn out. And I was like, you know, I would have killed for that. Like, give me that hit. Give me that moment. Um, but on the flip side, we have been able to build this amazing fan base and learn and release uh, an um, incredible amount of music at this point and be able to release music and have people come to shows all over the country. And we've done that without any sort of major hit or any like watershed moment. We've had little moments like we early days, we opened for Ben Folds in 2009, and that brought a whole bunch of new fans in. 
you know, we've had songs do little things, but we've never had that Apple commercial or the this or the that that changes everything. I never kept you like a secret. I never tried to make you hide. I only ever meant to keep you inside so you would always be mine. Should have never let you go. Everybody knows, everybody knows. Should have never let you go. Everybody knows, everybody knows. Three years and baby, don't you know? It's time to let go. Three years and baby, don't you know? It's time to let it go. It's great. It's. I mean, look, I, I'm still making music. We're still a band and we're still like trying to think about creative ways to grow and to keep going. And we are lucky. You know, we. I think we did it in a smart way without meaning to. But we, like I said, we've got this great fan base. We get to keep making music and we get to keep touring and playing for people, which is living the dream. That's why. that I like envisioned and produced and built out. And it was like one that I, I, I it was, it, I did more production on that than I've ever done on any other song. And it felt really, really good. The song Wasted reflects a pivotal moment in Thornwell's life. Just gone through a breakup. I had just moved to New York City and uh, my grandfather, who I was very close with, just passed away. So for, it was a lot of, all of these things were happening at once. And a hurricane, uh, Hurricane Irene hit New York and I went out with some friends and we got very drunk and walked out on the expressway in the middle of the night and had this super crazy, super like risky sort of a night. Back when life was just beginning, put our faces to the rain and the wind and the cold and we felt it.
looking back on it, it's like I one I would never do that again. I didn't even realize how dark of a place I was in when that was happening. It's it's this song that that tries to sort of marry and juxtapose the glamour of like being essentially young and dumb, right? And then looking back and also being like that was so stupid. And then that fear of looking back like what if something bad had happened? And like the thing that could be slipping away is like my future, my relationships, the band, all the promise. That's the thing that was that was close to being lost in that super dark moment in my life. On a brighter uh, note, there's Cheers. Uh, how did how did that one come together? <laughs> Great well, tune, by the way. You know, even so, I, I will answer that. Like you know, even wasted though. Like it's still a celebration. Also, like it wasn't that. Like we made it through, and like we all do, you know, dumb things all the time when we're young and when we're old. It does, you don't stop being an idiot. Um, but yes, on a more positive note the song cheers that was a uh like a, a co-write between me and tommy and actually part of that song is also from 15 years ago there's a uh, he he is to more than every day that is a lyrical idea that i had had years ago that tommy kept being like you've got to put that in the song we have to use that so that was the springboard for the rest of the tune. Time to get out, start the morning, nine to five and five to nine and raise a glass cause we got bills to pay. To all the lovers and the loners, all the hustlers and the warriors, raise a glass and cheers to every day. Yeah. Raise a glass to more of the everyday. And it's you know it's it's a, a celebration we wanted to do a, a pump up anthem and we just while we were writing it we we're like you know what this feels like a queen like song let's lean into it and let's lean into it hard can i ask you about the influence of queen <laughs> i love go. it uh, <laughs> you did so well to hold off until this moment i, I don't want to be yeah spend too much time <laughs> up, but i can't help it um because i hear it in your music how are you how's the band inspired by queen so well before I like listened to Queen beyond like the greatest hit CD that everyone listens to, people would comment that I either sound like Freddie or, or we sound like Queen. This is early days and it was always an accident. I really sort of hypothesized that, you know, I have the voice that I have. It's my own instrument. But when you're singing over a piano, you naturally sing in a big way. It is a big instrument and you've got to, for me, I had to project and I had to sing over it. So I think there's a little bit of that intensity that Freddie have and and my love of you know theatrical music and and the big emotions. Cut to several years later, we learned a few Queen songs to play at a friend's wedding. Then we started putting on this show called Hallow Queen, where we started covering Queen for a full hour. Uh, around Halloween, we put on a show. We do a set of normal music 
as us, go off stage. I shave my beard, keep the mustache, slick the hair back, and we do a full hour um, as queen. And at first it just started as this like gimmicky thing. And then it's turned into this like love of queen and learning, especially like what works and what's so great and classic about them. And we've since like started to incorporate that into our music because we're like, we can do this. We love doing it. And not many other people can or would. So let's just embrace it a little bit and embrace the parts that we that we love, which is the big guitar solos, the harmony stacks, the big, you know, theatrical anthemic moments. And Freddie is just like one of the most incredible performers of all time. Do you still do those? Uh, how every year. Every year. Every year. Yep. We've been doing New York every year because it just feels like a nice homecoming and, and a, a nice thing to have that as, as a tradition. And then we choose a few other cities uh, around the country each year to do it. And I think this is now our eighth our eighth annual uh, Halloween. But yeah. It's amazing how the time flies by when you're having Oof. fun like that, right? <laughs> I tell you what, yeah. <laughs> the most Queen-like song in the Jukebox, the Ghost catalog is? Ah, uh, um... It's probably Cheers. It actually probably is Cheers, um, because that's the one that we were we really you know doubled down on. There are Queen moments in a lot of songs, and you know we've we've leaned into that from like a press standpoint, and a it's a nice thing for people to hold on to to be like what because what is this band? What is this piano rock trio? Um, if you can say we sound a little like Queen, it's it's a real it helps with a conversation point. But uh, yeah, cheers. You know, everybody's lonely, which is a, a tune off our last album. Definitely takes some cues. Harmony stacks, big big solo in the middle, crazier chord progressions than you would normally hear in a pop song. You know, we, we're sneaking it in. Outside of this new work, what do you think you're most proud of to this point? That's such an interesting question. I my quick answer is that we're still a band and still going. Most bands that we were touring with, played with, wrote with when we started are no longer bands. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud that we are still able to, you know, find the energy, find the love, continue to build, continue to take risks um, and do that. Song by song or album by album, it's really hard to separate a success of a song with the pride you feel for it. I am proud of the songs that have gotten us to a certain level, but I'm also proud of songs that no one really listened to. Interestingly, we've, um, over the last two years, a song from our first album called Under My Skin has become our most streamed song, full stop. TikTok found it, it blew it up, it started going. This is a song that, I don't know, maybe the fourth or fifth most popular song off of our first record. 
and it was just found. And I'm super proud of that song. I love it. I've played it a bunch. I'm proud of, I try to be proud of everything that we put out and you just never know what's going to take or what's going to move. And that's part of what keeps me going and keeps me excited because just keep putting stuff out and you don't know what's going to happen. It's been so central to my identity and my, you know, my lifestyle and my love and my passion. And it's this weird intersection of the greatest joy in my life and also the thing that I do for a living and those complications. I had a, I I talked to my grandmother. She called me for my birthday um, and she's 90 and and an absolute force to be reckoned with. and, And she said something which resonated with me. And she was like, most, a lot of people can get up and, you know, they are pleased that they didn't kick anybody in school and they weren't a bully and they weren't this. She's like, but most people can't say that they've brought joy to thousands of people with their with their life work and their their music. And I've just been sitting with that a lot because I, I don't do it to create that impact. I've I've made music because it was the natural expression of who I was and what I'm doing and the bonus and the joy of being able to spread joy and love and give people either an escape from whatever they're going through or uh, a night of partying and joy or, you know, working through a tough time is really this extraordinary bonus that is probably the most inspiring part of all of it. You've certainly done that. So thank you so much for that. I you and the appreciate guys. that. Thank you for, you know, playing it and listening and, and the thoughtful questions and really appreciate it. I'm Mike Foley. Talk to you again on the next Music Journey. Ooh.